0: Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Thank you for that kind introduction. It is an honor to be in a room full of badass energy women. It's awesome.
1: That's Deputy Secretary of Energy Dan Bruyette speaking at Stanford University last December.
2: The event was the 7th Clean Energy Education and Empowerment, or C3E, Symposium, an annual celebration of the contributions of women to the field of clean energy.
0: I want to thank all of the leaders here and all of the folks at DOE who spend so much time with this organization because it's critically important. The evidence of progress is all over this symposium. I mean, just look around the room. I'm deeply inspired by what I see here. And uh, as both awardees and attendees, you have made remarkable, absolutely remarkable contributions uh, to this clean energy arena.
1: The day was jam-packed with frank discussions of the challenges women face in the workplace, and there was also plenty of optimism and enthusiasm, reflected in the tone of the awards presented throughout the day.
3: I'd like to introduce Elizabeth Moeller, my Aunt Betsy.
4: I am so honored to be here today and accept C3E's Lifetime Achievement Award, I feel a sense of kinship or identity with all the women in this room. Though we as a group are obviously at different uh, stages in our careers, we're all involved in one way or another with the important growing field of clean air energy.
2: Elizabeth Moeller is a renowned energy policy expert who worked on Capitol Hill for 20 years and served on the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission under three different presidents.
1: As if that wasn't enough, she was appointed Deputy Secretary of Energy in 1997, then spent another decade in the energy industry. As the 2018 C3E Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Moeller shared lessons from her life and career and offered words of encouragement for those in the audience.
4: Like many other fields, the energy field is still male-dominated to be successful first and foremost you must follow your passion and hopefully it will be remunerative (laughs) there's a history in my family of bucking typical role models you can and should too follow your passion above all i wish you success and happiness in both your career and your personal life i have had a life well lived and i hope the same for you thank you for this honor
2: The other awards went to eight women still in the middle of their own energy career journeys. We talked with some of the winners to hear their stories, which we'll get to later on.
1: But first, some context. What exactly is C3E? An event? An award? A network? Well, yes, yes, and yes. Coming up, we'll hear from someone who's been with the U.S. program from the very beginning, watching it grow from a scrappy whiteboard concept to a vibrant, thriving support system for women in energy.
2: Stay tuned. All
1: right, have a podcast about energy. <laughs> The
0: jewels that these national labs are in terms of science and
4: scientific capabilities.
5: Big dreams can happen,
1: keeping our nation safe. Clean
5: energy is way of the future. It's America's economic engine.
1: It's science
5: for the people.
0: This
1: is direct current. So to better understand what the C3E program is all about, we sat down with one of its founding members.
0: My name is Bob Marley, and I uh, currently am a senior advisor in the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy, and I'm working on uh, transportation research and development.
2: Yep, you heard right. That's Bob Marley, M A R L A Y. And in addition to his history with C 3E, Bob's been at the Department of Energy longer than nearly anyone.
0: Yes, I'm kind of a relic almost. I've been with DOE, as they say in the Navy, as a plank owner. Uh, DUE was formed in October 1977, and I was just getting out of the Navy off active duty, and I came to work for DUE as it started up as a new agency. So I've been here since the very beginning, and you can do the math.
1: Right. <laughs> we won't do that right now. So what does C-3E stand for, and, and what does it mean to you?
0: Yeah, C3E, the C stands for clean, and the three E's stand for energy, education, and empowerment. It was launched as an international initiative with a strong U.S. component, and it was really designed to give women traditionally underrepresented in the energy field some opportunity. We would like to recruit them, attract them. Once they're there, retain them in the field as professionals and certainly uh, advocate for their advancement and promotion. And ultimately, uh, we'd like to see uh, more of them at the very highest levels of management uh, in the field.
2: So how does a program like C3E get started?
0: So it originated with DOE, and I give a lot of credit to the Secretary of Energy at the time, who was uh, Stephen Chu, uh, a Nobel laureate, and Undersecretary Christina Johnson, who herself, I think, has like 160 patents in STEM fields, and also David Sandelow, who was the Assistant Secretary for International Affairs. And uh, I think what they were responding to, particularly in the international field, is that lots of women throughout the world were yearning for opportunity to work in this new and emerging field called clean energy, but there weren't opportunities. There were a lot of barriers to entry. And then once they got in, I think they felt like they were not giving the recognition or the opportunity to advance. Having a big idea, though, is one thing, and having something that you can implement, get traction, and have meaningful impact is another. And that's uh, kind of another story.
1: In 2010, the Energy Department put together focus groups of accomplished women from the energy field and beyond. One even featured an Indy 500 race car driver. Their goal was to take the big idea of C3E internationally and turn it into a program for the U.S. with clear objectives and effective tools to help women find success in male-dominated industries.
2: The focus groups identified several main barriers to success for women in clean energy, starting with the challenge of breaking into the field, What opportunities were available? How could women find out about those jobs?
1: Within the industry, they found that women often struggled to gain recognition for their work, making it hard to advance their careers. And those obstacles contributed to a third big issue, women leaving the field before reaching leadership roles.
6: We discovered that there was a real gap in the mid-level career women and that there was a lot of energy around attracting women into the clean energy space. But we noticed through those focus groups and some of the studies that women tended to drop out. That's Katie Harreza. I'm the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Transmission Permitting and Technical Assistance in the Office of Electricity.
2: Katie also goes way back with C3E. Back in 2010, she was a consultant to the Energy Department tasked with kickstarting a new program for women in clean energy.
6: She was the one that organized the focus groups. Actually, I think it's since the 80s, we have the same percentage of women working in industry as we did in, you know, around 2010. And so we thought, wow, that's not good. So why don't we try to fill that gap and see what we can do to get women to stay in the industry and also to shine a light on them so that they can um, gain some visibility. In the end,
2: they settled on four key ways this new initiative can make a difference for women in clean energy which would eventually become the four pillars of C3E's U.S. program.
1: First, there was the symposium, an annual meeting infused with positivity and enthusiasm. There were awards to give women well-deserved recognition. There were C3E ambassadors to provide mentorship and advice. And the C3E community at large, offering a critical network of support.
2: We want to take you through those four main elements, in the words of some of the women who were at the 2018 symposium. And what better place to start than the symposium itself?
5: We have so many amazing women who work in the energy field, but almost never do we really get together. And it's really special to be able to get all the women together and celebrate women's accomplishments. And then for me, you know, being at a university, providing role models and uh, inspiration for our students. I'm Sally Benson. I am a professor of energy resources engineering, and I'm the co-director of our Energy Institute here at Stanford.
1: Sally was one of the hosts of the 2018 C3E Symposium, which has also been hosted by MIT in years past and will move to Texas A&M University in 2019. Stanford, MIT, and Texas A&M co-run the U.S. C3E program with the Department of
6: Energy.
2: Sally said clean energy shares many of the challenges of other industries, mostly run by men, but the sheer scale of the energy sector makes it a vital target for improving gender equity.
5: The energy system is so integral to our lives, you know, I mean, 10% of the global economy is in energy, but our lives are completely positively impacted by the access to energy. So I think this is a uniquely important area for societal progress and, and human well-being. So finding a way to connect women to Achieving, you know, the benefits that a clean, sustainable energy system can provide is really important.
2: At a reception the evening before the big event, Sally gave participants a charge. This is your chance to be bold. I challenge people to make this a conference like no other conference,
5: to have discussions that you normally wouldn't have in public, to say something that normally you would not you would hesitate and hold back. And what for me was so extraordinary is, is that all the women speakers, they delivered.
1: Among the speakers who took the stage throughout the day were energy industry luminaries, scientists, and entrepreneurs, including Dr. Valerie Montgomery Rice, the president and dean of Morehouse School of Medicine.
5: Diversifying your workforce is going to make a big difference. Who sits around the table really does matter, particularly as we're trying to change the world, which is what you're going to need to do in order to have clean energy, believe me.
2: Diversity and equity in the clean energy sector were prominent themes at the 2018 symposium.
7: This whole conference is about empowering women. And I think that today's conference has actually been quite a bit about equity and more accessibility and more inclusiveness as we go about this work. And I identify with the need for that very, very deeply. Um, As a woman in energy, it's definitely been very challenging in some ways. As a Latina, I've just always sensed this added layer of um, mistrust of uh, lack of confidence. So I really feel strongly that there's a lot of work to do, and C3E is leading the way.
1: Melanie Santiago Mosier is the Program Director for Access and Equity at Vote Solar, a national nonprofit organization that advocates for solar-friendly policies at the state level. She said her interactions with other folks in just the short time at the symposium sparked a host of new ideas and connections.
7: Yeah, actually, I have had several conversations today. It's amazing. There are a number of women here who are interested in the work that I'm doing. And we're finding that there are interesting intersections with my work and their work. And we're we're already starting to think about, hey, how can we get together? How can we build on each other's work? How can we get connected? I
8: think that that's the point of bringing together people from so many diverse sectors and backgrounds is that you do you know, spark ideas, someone may not even thought about the applications of, you know, clean energy technologies in the development setting.
2: That's Tanya Layden, Executive Director of Livelihoods.
8: So at Livelihoods, we train youth and women in the slums of Kenya to sell clean energy products door to door. And they sell those products on consignment so they don't have to take out loans or uh, have any upfront capital, but they can earn an income and gain valuable professional skills.
2: On top of the collaborative power of C3E, Tanya said she heard another message at the symposium that gave her pause.
8: People kept saying, you know, if you're here and you're a woman in this room, you know, don't leave this field. And I'm in the middle of a transition and I'm thinking about what to do next. And it definitely had an impact on, on my thinking today and, and kind of thinking, okay, well, maybe I should be looking for something within this field rather than leaving. So that was one big Uh, Takeaway I had.
2: Both Melanie and Tanya received C3E mid career awards at the symposium in December in the advocacy and international categories, respectively.
1: The awardees are the real stars of the show, receiving thunderous standing ovations and an $8,000 cash prize. Melanie said it's even a little overwhelming, but she's excited about the opportunities the award can open up.
7: Also, personally, I am just really, really excited what I can do with this award because I really have a deep personal passion about advancing women in clean energy and particularly women of color in clean energy. We've got statistics that talk about how women of color really have a lot of challenges when it comes to being hired, being recruited, being retained, and advancing in clean energy. We know this is the case in solar. So I just am really thrilled about the fact that I can Use this award to put towards some specific research on how to do those things in the solar industry.
2: So how are winners selected each year? Sally Benson walks us through it.
5: So every year we go through this nomination process, and and honestly, we get a slate of really incredible people. I think the ones that sort of really stand out are the ones that have done something that they've really created their own pathway, that they've invented something that nobody did before.
2: One such trailblazer is Molly Morse, CEO and co-founder of Mango Materials, who took home the 2018 Mid-Career Award in the entrepreneurship category.
9: We take waste methane gas and make biodegradable materials. We do this by using bacteria. The bacteria eat the methane, and they produce a biopolymer inside their cell walls, which we then harvest and use as a substitute for conventional plastics.
1: Mango Materials' production process is unconventional in almost every respect, which Molly said has been challenging, but also a key part of the company's vision.
9: Well, first off, we did not know what we were getting ourselves into when we started the company. But the truth of the matter is, the way we use and dispose of not just plastics, but many everyday materials, is a travesty to our environment. So we really need to rethink the way we make things. And plastics are amazing materials, but unfortunately, there are these sort of dire environmental consequences that come from their production and their use. So we had this vision to, to transform things and, and really change the way plastics are made and the fate of materials on the planet.
2: She said the C3 E award is proof that others believe in their mission, a welcome boost on a long, arduous journey.
9: If you're running a marathon or an ultra marathon and you have a big hill and you have someone cheering for you loudly at the top of the hill, that, that makes a difference. Your time might be better. You might feel less pain while you're going through it. So, yes, it does change things.
1: That metaphor also works for other paths, like, say, a career in science. The C3E Awards work to cheer on mid-career women during a phase when many encounter big hills in the way of things like promotion or tenure.
2: Those who make it over the hill stay in the field. Those who don't often leave. For instance, a recent study showed that more than 40% of women with full-time jobs in science leave the sector or go part-time after having their first child.
3: There's a huge gender gap, but also generation gap. So how to merge those gaps together is very important for our future, in my opinion. And as a mid career what they're calling me, that I think we become very important bridge because we don't want to lose all the expertise in senior level. At the same time, we need to pull our juniors up and then connect them together.
1: That's Dr. Alyssa Park, winner of the 2018 Mid Career Research Award.
3: I'm a faculty member in engineering at Columbia University. I'm also the director of the LAMFEST Center for Sustainable Energy.
1: Alyssa was the first female faculty member in her department. She became the director of the center about four years ago and used the opportunity to explore big new ideas about carbon capture, energy storage, and sustainability. And like many of the awardees, she's coming to grips with the idea of being a mid-career professional
3: it's kind of funny. So in academia, they usually call you junior faculty before your tenure. As soon as you get tenured, they start calling you senior. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> so um, mid-career is good word, I think. It's good to see a lot of mid-career people here. And as you saw here, or the awardees, not only that, uh, participants, I think there's a great energy in this room and in this meeting. So I like to leverage all these uh, good connections I made today.
2: It's important that we take a moment to acknowledge the contributions of the C3E ambassadors, who Bob Marley called the anchors of the program.
1: Officially, they're the third pillar of C3E, but it's safe to say that none of the rest of the program would exist without their efforts.
2: They're the ones who serve as mentors to the more junior members of the network. They help run the symposium and find sponsors. They judge the awards every year and they do it all on a volunteer basis.
0: These are women who are very much recognized in their fields. They are very willing to contribute and donate their time and attention to encouraging women uh, to succeed in the field. I won't name names, but
1: uh, I'm always humbled by the, the folks that are on our ambassadors list. He won't name names, but we will. Bob is an ambassador, as is Sally Benson, along with around 30 others, mostly women, all established experts and senior leaders in clean energy.
2: Katie Arezzo recently became an ambassador when she rejoined the Department of Energy after several years in the private sector. And not only that, she's now leading the program for the agency.
6: Well, I was so thrilled when I came back to the Department of Energy in a leadership position and then asked to come back to C3E as an ambassador With the change in administration, the ambassador who was leading the program had moved on, and so they were looking for a new leader. And since I knew so much about the program, and I still knew many of the ambassadors, that um, it would be a natural fit.
1: Katie said she remembers the support she got from the ambassadors early on, the way it made her feel valued, like someone had her back. Today, she's working to boost that support network even further.
6: My favorite part is when we get together once a year for the symposium, and it's a celebration of who we are and what we've accomplished and where we're going. It's all about empowerment and what we can do to advance. And that, to me, is just super exciting. And then each year to see the other ambassadors, we have some competition. So what have you done? What have you done lately? And the stories we hear are very inspiring.
1: Most of the ambassadors are women, but there have traditionally been a few men involved. I asked Bob about that so Bob you are you are a man that is true that is true uh, why am I talking to you about women in energy well um'm
0: I'm hoping that you're not just talking to me. There are really good people out there that should also be talking, and I'm sure that they're going to be part of your podcast. But uh, it was very important that, yes, we wanted to encourage women to become more represented in the field, uh, but we did not want it to be exclusionary. And uh, so I happen to be a founding ambassador, one of two men, and very honored and privileged to play that role.
1: Right. And and I I guess kind of to follow on to that, the business of increasing The sort of uh, representation of women in energy or in any field is not a burden that is solely on the shoulders of women, right? It takes a community effort for sure. I think having
0: a program like this, which signals uh, high-level support, these things are very encouraging to women to say that this is a sanctioned activity and that men should take notice (laughs) and participate enthusiastically. So this all helps.
2: Probably the biggest thing that the ambassadors and everyone else involved in C3 are trying to create is this broader sense of community among women in clean energy, besides driving a global energy transition, that is.
5: Well, of course, we want everybody to achieve, you know, sustainable energy for all. We want to get rid of carbon emissions. We want the billions of people who don't have access to electricity to have access to electricity. We want electricity to be affordable. I mean, all of those things, I guess, more immediate and tangible. I would like this community to really become a community. I would like it if they could leverage the full suite of talent and capability, the network, and really use the network to create transformational change.
1: Many of the speakers at the symposium, Sally included, highlighted the importance of supporting younger colleagues through mentorship, talking to someone to pass down knowledge, but also sponsorship. In other words, talking about them with others.
2: That vote of confidence, whether it's a casual mention to a colleague, a professional recommendation, or a nomination for an award, can change someone's whole career trajectory.
6: Yes, yes, that's that makes so much of a difference, because a lot of times I think it's just about being at the table or being thought of in the first place. And many times I see a reaction where you'll mention a name and then you'll see a change in their face and they'll go, oh yeah, she would be great. And so those are the moments that just really make my day.
1: And that's what C3E really comes down to. It's more than a conference. It's more than awards, more than a network. It's a slingshot, a springboard.
2: It's a rising tide and a strong tailwind. It's someone cheering you on at the top of that steep hill. And for women like Melanie Santiago Mosier, getting connected is just the beginning.
7: Sometimes women hear our demons quite clearly. And uh, these demons tell us that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough. But just knowing that I won the award has really just boosted my self-confidence tremendously. And so I'm just excited about being part of this network going forward, Um, being able to really uh, communicate with other women in this network, freely draw on expertise, learn from each other. I think this is going to be a really amazing experience.
2: Thanks and congratulations to Elizabeth Moeller, Melanie Santiago-Mosier, Tanya Layden, Molly Morse, and Alyssa Park for their recognition at this year's C3E Symposium.
1: Congratulations as well to the rest of the 2018 awardees, Lauren Cochran for Law and Finance, Amy Barnes, Government, Libby Wayman, Business, and Lilo Pazzo, Education.
2: Thank you to Katie Hareza, Sally Benson, and Bob Marley for contributing to this episode, and all of the C3E ambassadors for lifting up and empowering women in renewable energy.
1: And special thanks to Melissa Pauly for her work to make C3E a success.
2: Be sure to follow at C3E underscore Energy Women on Twitter. Read about these inspiring awardees on C3Eawards.org and watch for the 2019 Symposium at Texas A&M. We'll have links to all that stuff on energy.gov slash podcast.
1: And as always, if you've got a question or want to leave us some feedback, email us at directcurrent at hq.doe.gov or tweet at energy. And if you're enjoying the show, share it with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. We read them and we listen.
2: Direct Current is produced by Matt Dozier, Paul Lester, and me, Court Creer. I also create original artwork for every episode, which you can find on our website.
1: Additional support from Anne-Marie Horowitz, Ernie Ambrose, Gigi Frias, and Atik Waraish. We're a production of the U.S. Department of Energy and published from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C.
2: Thanks for listening.